Coach Green, who was one of my favorite coaches I ever played for, brought me in and and nowadays would never even think of it. Like he kept four quarterbacks on the roster for two years and I was the fourth quarterback. Sure. Um and nowadays, I mean they keep two and maybe one practice squad guy. So, you know, I was pretty pretty lucky and pretty blessed in that in that area. Yep. This is the Buffalo Community Podcast, all about the greatest small town in the USA, the people in it, and how it all works together. Here are your hosts, Tyler Reese and Mark Benzer. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, excited to have uh, with us a guest that early on in the podcast process, I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could get Todd Bauman in here and, and pick his brain, have him tell his story a little bit, and... And it happened. So we're very, very thankful that you took some time to come in, chat with us, answer our questions, and and hopefully people can get to know you a little better and, and your story. I think it's a good one. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm just a little disappointed. You said that I was one of the first ones you, you thought you'd like to have, but I feel like I'm down the list since I've gotten well, here. Well, here's the deal. Mark gets really nervous. Production yeah. has <laughs> ramped up quite a bit. You know, like we haven't always had this cool spotlight or all these cool cameras. And so we, we wanted to be at a certain level of excellence before, before we like made a the true phone NFL call. GM right there. Yeah. Just backtracking. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally. <laughs> totally full of crap. Yeah. So, yeah, um, former NFL Viking, uh, um, NFL quarterback. Let's uh, get back in the DeLorean and kind of just bring it. What's that experience like growing up in Minnesota and that whole process? That's one of those things I think as a little kid you always, you know, dream of it, thinking that maybe it could happen. But when you uh, – you grew up in a town of 300 on, a, in a, on the farm. It's uh, kind of a, a pipe dream, I guess. Um, but, you know, I was lucky enough to, to go to college and, and play football and basketball. And, you know, my last year or so, NFL scouts started kind of coming in, and lo and behold, things kind of worked out. Yeah. So you, you talk about growing up, small town Minnesota, Russell Tyler Ruth in high school. Um, then... So you said, you know, it's a pipe dream, right? You mm -hmm. don't – is it is it not until college and scouts start showing up where you're like, you know, this NFL thing maybe isn't so far out of reach, or is it is it literally something you believe in the back of your mind? I can do this I from a young age. I think you believe it as a young age, and then, uh, you know, there wasn't the whole camp series that there is now, but I think when you start seeing guys that, that you've maybe played against or, or been around and you watch them play, then you're like, you know what, I, I think I can do what that guy's doing. Mm -hmm. And then there's so many other things that go into it, you know, being at the right place, um, getting the lucky breaks that you had, you know. Um, Coach Green, who was one of my favorite coaches I ever played for, brought me in and and nowadays would never even think of it. Like, he kept four quarterbacks on the roster for two years, and I was the fourth quarterback. Sure. Um, and nowadays, I mean, they keep two and maybe one practice squad guy. So, you know, I was pretty pretty lucky and pretty blessed in that in that area. Yep. What is it, and this is impossible to answer because if it had an answer, every GM would know it, but, you know, you have guys coming out of college from prestigious schools, USC, LSU, all-time great quarterbacks in college, all-time great programs that are not in the league within two or three years, and then no slate to you or St. Cloud State, but then you have guys like you, undrafted, unknown relatively, and and you make it ten plus years, like how does that how does that happen? I think, like I said before, there's there's things that have to fall into place. You have to get lucky at times. Um, 
then you have to put in the work. You have to be, I was, I always said in 13 years, I was never late for one meeting, one lifting, because I knew if there was one time, like I could be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's, a, there's an aspect to it. I remember my rookie year, we went and scrimmaged, uh, the saints down in, in, uh, lacrosse i think it was back then yeah and loved the guy to death i think he was a good quarterback but i remember danny werfel won the the highest yeah. trophy and we scrimmaged the saints and i remember watching him throw a deep comeback and it, i mean no disrespect but it was like a big old lollipop mm-hmm. but then you look back at guys like that you watch him play in college and he's throwing to receivers that are open by five ten yards all the time sure so i mean there's there's so many different aspects that go into it but uh i think uh the other the other part of it is a guy that's undrafted, you scratch and you claw and you claw. I was telling my brother the other day, I think six of my 13 years, you know, when the Grim Reaper, I, I would talk about the, the strength coach would walk through the locker room during training camp, and you're like, oh, here he comes. Like, it, you know, and he walks up, hey, Benzer, can you grab your playbook? Coach, coach wants to see you. You, you know, oh, you, great. Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't, that wasn't you all you wanted. Feedback. No, but I was, you know, you were nervous all the time because like that might be me that might be me. and then it was you know finally when i got a chance to play and things went well then you had that relaxed feeling but i mean you always as a free agent you were nervous huh. the the first time you got traded you 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 bounced around a couple uh things how'd that how'd that meeting go you know you said you're nervous how'd that meeting go of hey you're that was just one of those things at that time i i played a little bit and and dante was their guy and i wanted a, an opportunity to play and and New Orleans call because Aaron Brooks had just came off a of shoulder surgery and Jake Delhomme had just left New Orleans and went to Carolina. So it was one of those things that just worked out and uh, ended up going there for three years. And it was definitely a culture shock when I got to New Orleans, but me and my <laughs> wife absolutely ended up loving it down there. I mean, yep. great people, great food, um, loved everything about it. And it was just a, a situation that came up and I was hoping for an opportunity and Aaron came back and he ended up being healthy the whole time until the, the whole Hurricane Katrina debacle we ended up in san antonio and i got a chance to play at the the end of that last year but uh you know it was it was a good experience loved every minute of it yeah so it's 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 basically 12 years of loving and and living 13 of living out of (laughs) sorry uh living out a dream nfl quarterback but but is it ever comfortable i mean is it is there ever anything comfortable about it or no there's never anything comfortable and everybody else talks about oh you're the backup i mean the greatest job in the world and it was you know my wife loved it she says you were always healthy and never really banged up but you had to prepare every single week like you were going to start mm-hmm. because that one chance that all of a sudden the starter sprains his ankle and you go in and you're not prepared like that's it that's it you know what i mean so yep. i mean i always think it was it was almost harder in some aspects because you had to be ready and every time you know that that chance came you had to go in there and perform mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we'll bounce. You know, maybe bounce around a little bit. Probably end up back talking NFL again. But um, you know, personal life back back on the farm. You know, it, you said basketball, football, but also something that runs pretty deep in your family is fast pitch softball. Mm-hmm. Fast pitch softball. Yeah. Why Why do you guys play fast pitch softball down there? <laughs> And nobody else in the state plays fast pitch <laughs> that softball. That is a great question. So the southwest corner of Minnesota and then South Dakota, Iowa, like fast pitch softball was huge when I was growing up. My dad played on a, a, a team in Holland, and they had a rotating league. I think there was like literally 16 teams in the league, and they played every Tuesday and Thursday night during the summer. And we just grew up playing. We had Little League and, and all that stuff. We played baseball and fast pitch softball, and we just – Became to love it. My dad started a team 
I think when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. eighth grade, and kind of brought a bunch of kids from the surrounding area that, that we played against as youth and put a team together. And we ended up 1986, my brother, my oldest brother, Shane and Troy were on the team and, and we ended up winning the national tournament um, <laughs> against teams from Salt Lake City, Utah, Arizona, Florida, everywhere. And, you know, a little town of 300 people and we ended up winning the national championship and it just kind of turned into something we kept doing and kept doing and ended up, I think we ended up winning three national championships, two at 18 under and then one at uh, 23 and under. Do those tournaments still exist? I mean, no. is it no? There's still a league in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we used to go to like Vesta, Minnesota, a town of 400 people, and they would have a 22 team tournament on a weekend, and it was just crazy. I mean, it was a huge, huge game back. I tell people now, like fast pitch softball, like you played men's fast pitch softball, but yeah. I mean, it was just huge. That's just the way it was. Yeah, that, and where does that end? Like, obviously, enormous amounts of talent on your men's soft, uh, fast pitch softball league where where does where can that where could have that led to i mean i i'm not aware of an olympic team or anything of that nature but does it one of those things where it just suddenly kind of comes to an end and there's kind of not a next i think it just kind of started to die out i mean we used to play in sioux city iowa all the time and they had they would fly guys in from new zealand pitchers and literally you know they'd contract them for x amount of tournaments and they would pay him like thirty five, forty thousand dollars for one summer just to come in and pitch fast but softball yeah. i mean bill boyer i remember him he was a great player from seattle washington they used to fly him into sioux city iowa and they were called the pencor or the sioux city Sioux. that i mean they had little legit you know world championship teams and the, half their team was from around the united states they just flew them in for the weekends to play wow that's insane to hear yeah <laughs> I mean, for isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, it, it, people, outside, people don't like, understand when I try to explain to them how big it was. I mean, we yeah. played the world tournament in Sioux City, Iowa, and there would literally be eight, 9,000 fans at the game. Wow. And they had bleachers right. all around the whole stadium. And I mean, it was just, it was insane. Yep. And, but nobody from Minnesota outside of your little pocket. Correct. Basically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically the whole southern half. Mankato had some really, really good teams. Happy Chef out of Mankato. And, and basically the southern half cut off was, was basically it. Mm hmm. So what lands you in Buffalo? So long story short, well, I guess it probably won't be short, but uh, right, Jason time. Hegna, my roommate from college, he had moved out here in 2006, I think it was, and uh, my kids were little. We were living in Excelsior at the time, and me and my wife took our kids to, I think it was Minnetonka versus, I can't remember who they were playing. It was like number one versus number three in the state in high school basketball. So let's just go check out this game. And this is kind of sad, but we went to the game, and there's probably 350, 400 people at the game. And sports has been a huge part of my family, yep. all my brothers, every, everything. Um, and it was almost one of those things that I looked at my wife, Courtney, I'm like, I don't know if I can have my kids go to a high school where literally like, this is not that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I just, Hegna says, hey, there's, and I, I grew up on the farm, so I was kind of like, I want to get out, and I want to have some space but mm-hmm. I also want to be close mm-hmm. enough to the cities. So we came out and looked at some different places, and that's just kind of how we ended up here. Yeah. And you have some there, – there was also some personal ties to Buffalo at the time too. Um, get into that. Maybe some well, former some <laughs> former guests on the Buffalo Community <laughs> Podcast. Well, so I – so Nick Gaida, I actually played – we played together fast but softball way back in the, the mid to early 90s. I got picked up from a team out of uh, Fargo – Kegel, Kegel side nights or whatever, and we went to a 23 and under national tournament out in uh, Wisconsin, and he happened to be on my team. Okay. So at the time when we moved here, I actually didn't know 
guide it was here. Oh, so sure. we ended up here, um, and lo and behold, we're at the the activity center. My kids are doing the whatever the bison hoops, little oh, little kids sure. basketball, and and everybody knows Mr. Lubin is just straightforward. So he yeah. sees me. <laughs> never met him in my life. <laughs> yeah, he walks up to me. And he's like, "Hey, Todd, Matt Lubin." Blah blah blah. He says, uh, "Think you want to play some slow pitch softball with us?" Yeah. I literally looked at him. I was like, "I don't know this guy." Whatever. Right. Long, long story short, I think we exchanged phone numbers. I said, "Hey, it'd be a great way to meet some people." Well, mm-hmm. lo and behold, Coach Guida was on the team. Obviously, a bunch of you guys right. were on the team, and that just kind of how actually how my old friend group kind of expanded here in Buffalo is just because of playing slow pitch softball. Sure. Yeah. And and I would imagine you know, I guess that kind of leads me into my next question of. You've, you've had some pretty uh, blessed and athletic teammates over the years. Um, you know, present company excluded. Who would you say is like the greatest athlete that you've ever uh, played with? Besides and you, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, you're right there. Probably just the most gifted, gifted yeah, athlete. A softball right. side would probably maybe Randy Moss, I guess. Yeah. 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 But you're close. Right. You know, I've yeah. seen you run the bases, and just your sheer speed is Yeah, right we're not them. talking about me right now. Oh, I know, we're but not it's hard not right to. Right no, I know, I, I, I mean. know. <laughs> so, Randy Moss. Yeah. 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 I kind of thought maybe you would say that. Um, <laughs> as far as his, uh, obviously, everybody's seen his athletic ability, but as a teammate, as a person, I think people probably have some pretty different views and mm-hmm. perspectives on what kind of guy he is, yeah. but... You know, I mean, what was your experience? I mean, it was one of those things. I I got to be really good friends with Randy just because he grew up in Rand, West Virginia, small town. And I'll never forget, it was his rookie year. We're just sitting around the locker room one day, and I just started BSing with him about I grew up on the farm, small town. And next thing you know, we got to be good friends. And he's totally misunderstood. And he'll flat out tell you, like, there's a lot of things that maybe he did, you Mm -hmm. know, early on that maybe didn't give him a good rapport or – you know, with the public and that stuff. But as a teammate, like, I absolutely loved everything about yeah. him. Great guy. Um, what you got to see on Sundays was such a small glimpse of what you got in practice every single day. Right. I mean, it made it look – never seen a guy make it look so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you stay in touch with any of your NFL friends? Oh, yeah. Yeah, here and there. I mean, it's – I guess it probably gets farther between here and there. But, uh, you know, we still text back and forth all the time. Last year, last summer, he was in town doing his uh, – big fishing tournament and me and scott studwell ended up winning the fishing tournament nice. so yeah nice so, you're just yeah. throwing up wins left and right i know no right? Matter yeah. what you right? Do. you got right? some home field advantage <laughs> there too. exactly right <laughs> yeah. exactly right awesome um you moved to buffalo again and we're jumping all over the place but that does lead into you becoming the head football coach of the buffalo bison football team um that was a fun era of bison football to to watch and follow uh, probably more high-level talent, and you know, obviously, we have a history of sending kids to Division One schools, and but there's just a period of time there where, mm-hmm. yeah, we were s- sending kids all over the country and yeah. playing high-level football. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. I mean, I was very very blessed to have a lot of great coaches with me that uh, you know helped develop kids along the way. But I think in my six years of being head coach, we sent forty plus kids to college to play football, which is something I'm always proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we didn't have as many wins as I wanted. You know, win every game, but I feel like on Friday nights we definitely put a product on the field that the fans were entertained by. Yep, and uh, it was it was definitely a fun time of my life. Awesome. Your your son put up a lot of numbers. You know, I have one 
one question. What was it? Was it 80, 88 to what was the 80 to 70? 80 to 70. Where's the defense? <laughs> I, I specifically well, we'll wanted to ask you that and yeah. put a person in between you and I. <laughs> uh, well, we'll maybe leave that there. I yeah. just remember, like, uh, at that time, my, my defense coordinator, I, the next morning, his dad had called him, and he was from Ohio. And his dad called him, and he said, uh, well, that was a, a tough-fought game last night. And he was like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, said the score was 8-7. to seven. Oh. And, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 the score was 80-70. to 70. And he said, well, why do you still have a job? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I, me, me and me – and, uh, You see it in co- college all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just – I think it was just one, the perfect storm. I mean, it was one of those things where they they just scored every time and we scored every time except for one time we had to punt and, and got mm-hmm. the punt blocked and they got the lead and it was just back and forth and back and forth. Me and Coach Hamilton got to be really good friends with him at Elk River and we joke about it all the time and we talk yeah. and text back and forth. He's just like, I've never experienced a game like that. My buddy who was from St. Michael was driving home from watching one of his relatives at the play and I think Dasko Cato or something. And he said he drove by the field and he's like, the lights are still on. So I glanced over and he goes, it was 10-15, I think it was at night. And he goes, they looked and he goes, wait, the third quarter is just ending. He yeah. said he pulled in and watched like the, la- the fourth yeah. quarter and it was just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll never experience anything like that again. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, Aiden, uh, playing college, tell us a little bit more about your family. And, it, again, athletics, uh, Aiden, yourself, Courtney. Avery, yeah, it's just, it's all, uh, I mean, sports has always been a huge part of our life. I mean, obviously, Courtney played volleyball in college. And, uh, you know, my daughter, Avery, played volleyball in high school. Uh, it's just, it's always been a huge part of our life. And uh, I think sports kind of mold you into the person you are I mean, mm-hmm. it, as hard as it is it's times you got to get up maybe you're sore you don't want to go to practice it's just uh i would say football is the ultimate the ultimate molder of people it's it's not basketball like i always said football teaches you because you have to have 11 guys doing the right thing at all the times basketball you can have four guys go stand in the corner and the guy with the ball dribbles between his legs three times goes around his back shoots a fadeaway 23 footer and hits net and everybody's like ah that was a great play yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't work like that yeah. you know so uh, no I've, I've been i've been blessed got a great yeah. family um got two older brothers with great family my mom and dad i mean we just sports is in our family that's all we've yep. ever known and and that's all we do awesome and how, how are you keeping busy now? Obviously, you got some travel and, and watching Aiden compete and play. But what? Yeah, that's only a, the fall, yep. basically. What, do you, what keeps you busy now? So right now I do uh, quarterback training at uh, actually our old Vikings practice facility in, in Eden Prairie. Uh, Tuesday, or Monday through uh, Thursday from 2 in the afternoon until 7 at night. I train high school quarterbacks. And then I also coach a 7-on-7 team. that We travel around. We were in Dallas. Uh, in February, and then we have a few more tournaments. But, yeah, we travel around to do that. So I have practice on uh, Saturdays from 12 to 3, and then we have practice on Sundays from 2 till 5. So sure. definitely staying busy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Putting some miles on the vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Too train. much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walking into that facility, that, you know, Winter Park, you know, I'm sure you're used to it now. But uh, to be walking in not as a player, yeah, now as a coach, some memories and some feelings come back. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's weird being in there. I mean, they've obviously lifetime took it over and then they revamped the the whole place. But uh, when I walk in, that's still the locker room where the lobby is now. Uh, so it's it's different. It's fun to be back there. 
Um, obviously, when you're there, it's not quite as the, the same as TCL. Their new practice facility is just <laughs> insane compared yeah. to it, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's fun being back there. You look at TCO, and then you look at Winter Park, and it's hard to believe that Winter Park was ever a, a facility for, for pre- professional football players. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and, they, and that was Metro right at home, it was, Yeah, it was just right at the end. I mean, yep. you went to all these other places in the NFL, and just they had state-of-the-art facilities. And you can say what you want. That helps bring free agents in. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that want to play there and guys that want to be a part of that. Because you don't – you spend – what eight Saturdays or nine Saturdays or Sundays? Sorry, at at the game place, and now you spend all the rest of your time at the practice facility. We covered a lot of ground. We've we've been all over the place with you. I think at this point we probably could wrap it up and and say thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me and for being part of the podcast. And awesome. Well, appreciate you guys having me in, man. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for the Buffalo Community Podcast. I'm Mark Benzer. I'm Tyler Reese. And I'm Todd Bauman. Thanks for listening to the Buffalo Community Podcast, produced by Edlin Media. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts.